0: I just wanted a to way to, to sell everything and came up with this idea of, hey, what if I put everything together into one big package and put it on eBay and listed it as a, a life for sale? And, and that's what I did.
1: Welcome to Somewhere Else, the podcast that chats to people living in weird and wonderful ways. Each episode, your hosts, Domain Editors January Jones and Rose Donoghue, interview someone who's ditched the white picket fence for the path a little less traveled. Rose, if you were going overseas for an extended period of time, would you consider renting out your home?
2: I've definitely had a house sitter stay in the past, and by house sitter, I probably mean a member of my family or my little sister. (laughs) That doesn't count, does it? Yeah, I mean, I definitely prefer or would prefer to have someone I know, but when I mean when you need someone, I have a cat called Greg who definitely needs a bit of love and affection. So I think sometimes it's by necessity that you need to have someone stay in your house and you don't always have a friend or a family member who can do it for you. So I can see why people use house sitters.
1: Well, definitely. I think, I mean, when I think of my friends and family, they've got their own pets or their own homes or children that they, you know, they can't really pack up and leave and just move into my house
2: And, well, people don't always want to leave their homes and stay in your house. Sometimes you're sort of asking people to do it as a favour.
1: Well, yeah, that's exactly right.
2: Well, today's guests are Ian Usher and Vanessa Anderson, who four years ago hatched a plan to live rent and mortgage free. Ian and Vanessa are professional house-sitters, dubbing themselves global nomads after selling all their possessions and taking up house-sitting jobs in the US, the UK, Australia, Fiji, Mexico, Botswana and Barbados, to name a few. Along the way, they've survived a cyclone, taken care of countless animals and even launched their own house-sitting magazine. Thanks for joining us, Ian and Vanessa. Hey there. Hello.
1: Uh, Ian and Vanessa, so I have a question for you. Whenever I think of house-sitting and Airbnbs and staying, I just think what's the weirdest thing either of you have ever stumbled across in someone's home? <laughs> Ooh, that's a, that's I a
0: good question. I don't think we've found anything. The, I, I think the, the oddest thing or the sort of unusual things to watch out out for uh, when people have cameras um, as security monitoring, um, so it's something that we always sort of tend to ask as homeowners: Do you have cameras inside the house or outside the house? Um, just so you know, uh, not to go wandering around naked <laughs> inside the house. Outside the house, you can.
2: <laughs> Has that ever happened before? Have you been caught stuck naked on someone's camera? We, uh, we don't know if we have. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. There,
0: there, there's been a couple of houses with, with outside monitoring systems where, where the, there's um, been a swimming pool um, and I have gone into the pool with nothing on without thinking <laughs> and then thought, oh, I hope they're not watching.
2: <laughs> Guys, we should probably ask you, where are we speaking to you from this morning?
0: We're in uh, the UK at the moment, we're, we've actually been in the UK for uh, seven or eight months now. We both grew up in the UK, so it's returning home for us after, after many years away. And we've been doing lots of little short sits in the UK, um, which has been interesting. It's like being tourists in our own country, traveling around the country. Uh, so at the moment, we're in a tiny little village in the countryside, uh, just to the north of Bristol, in the, the southwest
3: of the UK.
1: Uh, you mentioned feeling like a tourist. Is that something you constantly feel like when you're house sitting across the world? Not
3: so much, to be honest. I mean, the whole thing about house sitting is that that you you're not a tourist, really. You you're able to live in someone's home and um, and live more like like a local, basically. You know, so um, you know you settle in a bit more. But I think this has just been a bit different for us because we have come back after four years of being away. You know it's nice to come back and think oh i'm actually seeing it now from from the eyes of someone that would be coming to the uk maybe so someone visiting um but generally it's a it's more for us about being able to settle in and you know be able to cook at home but like here we've got a little community shop and we wandered down there yesterday and you can have tea and cake and you know it's just it's slightly different it's, it's something you wouldn't find as a tourist you know you might never find this village if you came to england
0: I think, I think as well, it, it's, um,
3: you, you're not,
0: or you don't always feel like a tourist because house-sitting does come with responsibilities. Um, the, the majority of house-sits are about taking care of the animals. So we, um, when we finish chatting to you, our next job is to take the, the dogs out for a walk this morning. So that's part and parcel of, of what house-sitting is, is is looking after and taking care of those responsibilities that come with each
3: house set. We've actually got a blind dog at the moment, so obviously he needs a bit more care. Aww. You know, we, we sort of guide him around how he keeps bumping into things. He sort of knows his way around, but he sort of, to to get, get down the corridor, he bumps from one side to the other, bless him.
2: <laughs> and, and are you animal lovers? I assume that would have factored into the decision.
0: Yeah, I think that's really, that, that would be one of the first questions we, we, we'd ask someone if someone said, oh, what, what about house-sitting? I'd maybe be interested in, in doing that. The first question would be, are you an animal lover? Because if not, maybe it, it's not for you because animals really are such a big part of, of the house-sitting lifestyle. Mm.
1: Yeah, I was just going to ask, do you ever get any houses without pets? occasionally i mean
3: there are there are some houses where where the um the cities because they want security so for instance the the house that we did in africa was that there weren't any pets it was just to look after the property and keep it safe um with the one in fiji funnily enough, oh we did have pets but it was actually a small resort um so you're you know you can find them but they, they they are far fewer um, you'd have to work a lot harder, especially if you wanted to work, if you wanted to house it full time, it would be a lot harder to find them.
2: Sorry, Vanessa, did you say you house at a small resort in Fiji?
3: We did, yeah. It was a, it was a beautiful place. It was actually owned by um, an Aussie lady, or a couple a, a couple actually, and it was just a, a sort of three, um, it had three little um, thatched cottages on the beach, um, each one with their own little plunge port. Um and and that was beautiful. a like lot of five star resorts. so you know, that, that was very nice. But the oh managers had pets. So we looked after the pets and and the resort while it was closed through the off season through the hurricane season cyclone.
1: Um that sounds incredible. Do your friends and family just think you're living the dream? <laughs>
2: <laughs> we, I think we, Yeah,
0: we do get told that sometimes, that you're living the dream. It's as with any lifestyle choice that you, you have to make compromises. Um, so, yeah, we, we do get to travel. Um, but the, the sort of flip side of the coin is we don't have a home base. And we don't have regular contact with friends and family or, you know, you're not in the same place. You can't go to the, the pub on a Friday evening with all your friends. Um, but I think, in terms of compromise, it's a pretty good compromise for the, the lifestyle that we do live. Um, it is an amazing choice, I think, we've made.
2: Can you tell us a bit about how you were living when you made the choice and what sort of what spurred the choice four years ago?
0: Um, so four years ago, Vanessa and I had met in 2013 and we spent a year, I was actually living in Panama at the time, and we spent a year together living on uh, at my home in Panama. But we were both, we both knew we were sort of ready to sell up and start traveling. Um, So we set off on travels and we spent six months in the States traveling through the, the Southwest United States. And then, when money was running a bit low, we we learned how to become teachers, teaching English as a foreign language, and headed off to China. And we'd we'd sort of done a little bit of part-time house sitting in between. We'd done some while we were in the States, and then we looked more into it while we were in China. And it was when we left China and went to Australia at the end of 2015 we'd secured a house sit, and that was truly the start of full-time house-sitting for us. Um, and we, we haven't looked back since. We haven't had a home base since 2014 and have uh, been on the road for four years.
3: And I think the other thing was that Ian was on the other side of it because when we, when we were living in Panama, he had to use house-sitters. So that was how we first got introduced to it, actually using house-sitters. And then then we thought, well, you know, that's something that we could actually transition into.
1: And I just want to take you a little bit further back. Ian, you've had kind of an interesting experience where you wrote a book about selling all of your possessions on eBay. Can you talk to us a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, I I did. I was was living (laughs) in Australia. I lived in Perth for seven years. And um, I'd I'd married in the UK, we'd moved over to Australia. And unfortunately, my my marriage, uh, we, we separated. And I ended up with the the house and all the possessions left over from from this relationship that was obviously finished and i just wanted a to way to, to sell everything um so that i could free myself up to move on to whatever the next phase of my life was going to be and came up with this idea of hey what if i put everything together into one big package and put it on ebay and listed it as a, a life for sale and, and that's what i did and um yeah, there was an awful lot of publicity and, and, and TV appearances and newspapers and magazines, all sorts of stuff.
2: You sold it as one package.
0: Yeah, I, I listed it. I started it. The price at one dollar. Let's see. Let's see where you know it was house, car, motorbike, jet ski, and then I said I'm going to include a, an introduction to my circle of friends and a the <laughs> job I work at. So. You know, it was it was a lot of fun to do, and and it 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 really sort of caught public interest. And we started at one dollar, and the, the sort of final bid was up the, up up around the value of the house, really, because that was the the biggest biggest asset in the package of, of what my life was at the time.
1: And who bought it?
0: Well, it, it was um, I think it was a. a the final bidder, I think she was a nurse on the, somewhere over on the east coast of Australia. But when I rang up and said, You're the, you're the high bidder, you're the winner. And she said, Oh, whoa, I better go and talk to the bank about a mortgage then. And ultimately, she hadn't really prepared herself and hadn't expected to win the auction and had just been bidding sort of as a bit of fun, I think. And ultimately, the deal fell through. Um, and I had to sort of go to a more traditional Plan B because I'd already then committed to, to to my flights and travel and the the, the next phase. So it was sort of a bit of a, a panic, panic Plan B to get everything sold before I went. So it didn't didn't quite work out as planned.
2: Well, I guess that saved oh, you from having to introduce her to all your friends.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. I think I think a few of my friends breathed a bit of a sigh of relief. That, that, You know, all the publicity's over and Ian's off. Thank goodness for that.
1: (laughs) But it must have felt incredibly freeing to get rid of everything like that and to kind of say, well, here it all is and I'm letting this go. It it
0: is. There's some mental hurdles to overcome, but when the moment actually happened, there's such a feeling of lightness and freedom and you don't have stuff to worry about. You don't have to worry about parts of your house breaking or needing repairing or your car breaking down or... All of that's gone, you know, there's no financial worries. Um, It's an amazing feeling and I've I've done it twice. I did it when I did the eBay sale in 2008 and then when Vanessa and I left Panama, we did the same again. We left everything behind, the new buyer kept everything that was at the island and we took one bag each and, and went. You're listening to Somewhere Else, the podcast about people living in weird and wonderful ways.
1: So, how much of this decision was philosophical, and how much was financial?
3: I think it was more philosophical, to be honest. Um, I, I, I think we, you know, we both knew that living the way we were, you know, in in well, Ian obviously was a lot, a lot earlier than me. But um, I was I was um, working in the UK. I had a business that was a you know a constant struggle, um, and it It just felt like there had to be another way to live. I couldn't bear the thought that it you know I'd be coming up to retirement and you know I was just going to sort of work till I was six sixty five you know that's what what it would be in England now probably seventy and that was going to be the only way to retire on a you know a sort of meager sort of state pension and a bit of a private pension. there had to be another way to live so I suppose financially in in the sense of selling up meant that it it freed you from any debts and things like that but philosophically, the idea that you could live a life of freedom, that you could go anywhere, um, that you could really concentrate on your own well-being um, and not just be sort of surviving day to day. So I think, I think for me it was a, a little bit financial but a lot philosophical.
0: But, you know, the, the two go together because freeing yourself financially by ditching the mortgage and the, the piles of debt offers the opportunity for an amazing lifestyle.
2: And financially, how does it work? Do you ever get paid for the house-sitting jobs?
0: We don't. Um, the, the website we use is Trusted House Sitters and, and it's a, an exchange, it's a, a cashless exchange where both sides receive value, that the homeowners get someone to come in and look after their pet and the house-sitters get free accommodation for the period of the house-sit. There are some sites that do paid house-sitting. For us... Um, our belief is that that would change the dynamic and make it too much like an employer and an employee relationship whereas when there's no money it it seems like a very sort of even happy exchange of value
3: and we do get lots of um, little, I, I guess, little treats. So, you know, we get taken out by the homeowners. We arrived here the day before. They took us out for a nice meal in the pub. You know, you get left nice little treats and bottles yeah. of wine. And, you know, there's, so there's nice little perks like that, I think, that, um, as Ian said, it's, it's it feels like a much more balanced exchange. And the other issue, of course, is if you're house-sitting internationally, as we are, you'd have to start considering work visas and, and all sorts of other issues if you went into a country and were charging people. So um, I think that's how this sort of international um, sort of free exchange-based system has, has, has developed.
1: Mm-hmm. And what are your roles and responsibilities as a house sitter? So for someone that knows nothing about this, what, what are you expected to do in the house?
0: number one the pets nearly every nearly every homeowner want a house sitter because they want their, their pets to keep the same routines so that the for, for the dogs here they go on the same walks at the same time they get fed the same food at the same time and for the dog very little changes other than the person who opens the tin of food and takes them for a walk so it's i think it's probably the the, the least stressful way for people to go away, at least stressful for the animal to stay at home. So number one is the pets. And then um, number two is the house to, to keep the house clean, to look after it as if it was your own house. We always try to hand the house back to the homeowner a little bit tidier or a little bit more organized than, than when they left it. Um, sometimes that's easy to do. Sometimes that's hard to do, isn't it? Because yeah, a lot of people actually clean up before you get there. They, they sort mm-hmm. of tidy and organise the house, and then give you this wonderfully clean house. And you think, oh,
3: and have to keep <laughs> this one. That look sounds out nice. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's it's a nice um, a nice thing. You know, when you go on holiday, and you know, usually you're in a bit of a rush when you go, and you know, everything's left a bit of a mess, and you come back to that. Well, with house sitting, you don't. You come back to a lovely clean house. It's warm. If it needs to be, because you know, because you you've had people in there with the heating on, and yeah, it just I think I think the whole system just works really well. I think
0: as as well, it's funny sometimes some some homeowners come back and say the pets just seem so relaxed and that they're almost um, like, oh you back are you? <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: I was going to say I have house sat a few times I think when I was a bit younger, and I know. You guys say you've shed a lot of the stresses of everyday life, but I remember being so stressed that I was going to kill this dog <laughs> every time we yeah, went for a walk.
0: That is the weightiest responsibility. Yeah, it's there. a subtle worry, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you've, you know, when 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 you have a, a dog off lead, you think, oh god, I hope this, I hope it's not going to run away and you know spot another dog at the other side of the field and off it goes. But
3: yeah, you have to assess all those things, you know, because sometimes a homeowner will say, no, you know, the dog's fine off lead, but if we think that there's any chance that, you know, it's not, hasn't got good recall or it's not going to come back, then we won't take it off lead, you know, when we're walking it because, you know, there, there's things you can do to minimise any problems. And, and I think over, over the four years, we've really learned
1: that. What do you think is the biggest misconception about full-time house sitting?
0: I think it, it often sort of gets touted as, as either sort of free travel or free luxury accommodation um you know that that's often the selling point you see in the 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 magazines or newspapers and that's not really what it's about yes there is free accommodation to be had yes sometimes it can be uh in in luxury properties and you might get a beautiful place with a swimming pool but that's not what it's about again uh, you know i don't want to sound like a broken record but it is about the pets first long before it's about free accommodation and living in luxury homes and, and
3: uh, a lot of house sits of course are in in small apartments you know we we do house sits anything really from a you know a one-bedroom apartment up to a a, a very nice property mm. um so it you know it, people, people sometimes think because of what they see in the media that you know my house isn't good enough, and that's been part of what we've been trying to dispel. Coming back to the the UK this year, that anybody can put their their house up, you know, as a, a potential house sit. I, th-
0: I think another um, something else that's just come to mind, and another misconception is that people maybe think, right, I'm going to become a house sitter. And the first house I'm going to look for is a big beachfront luxury property <laughs> for swimming pool. And you've got no experience, no references. Your profile is this sort of very basic on In the development. website. You're probably not going to get that set. You, you do, you know, it's like any job, I think. You, you have to build up your experience and you build up your references and you build up your, your qualifications. It really, sounds you,
2: competitive, It it can be
0: competitive, Um, and for 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 example, we now have um, we've done over 60 house sits and we have 60 reviews from 60 house sits. So that obviously helps us when we apply for a house sit. When compared to someone who's got two or three reviews, it's quite possible we get we might get picked
3: over someone with less experience. But um, There's ways around that, though. You know, so so if you were looking um, for a house in New York or in Sydney, um, in London, it, you know, there is going to be a lot of competition. Um, but if you if you go out into the suburbs or you maybe position yourself in in the next closest town, you know, it will be a lot less. Um, so that you know, I think and I think the thing is not to go you know with your first sits for that you yeah, know don't aim too high
0: yeah and also we, we always sort of explain to people if you start looking for shorter sits you know just a long weekend here or a week there those ones are easier to get than three months on a beachfront in Sydney yeah. um, so you know start small and work your way up and build your references build your credibility
3: and like you said, you know, you've house-sat for family and friends. Um, well, that's a great way to start your reference base, go back to them. That could be the start of my house-sitting career. Yeah, exactly. They, that You were house-sitting and they are genuine house-sitting references then, not just character references.
2: So what's the holy grail of house-sits? Like we're talking length, location.
0: I think that varies for, from person to person. Now for us, house-sitting isn't the ultimate goal. House-sitting is just one tool that enables you to create <clears throat> whatever lifestyle it is that you want to create. Um, so for us, sometimes that the, that the Holy Grail might be a, a month uh, in, in an apartment in London, or at another time, or oh, we want two months in a in a beautiful house on a little Caribbean island somewhere it's it's so versatile and it's so flexible that you really can sort of use it as, as part of your lifestyle design really
3: for instance this the the next issue of the magazine is actually all about people that are mixing up um, living in vans and house sitting so obviously in Australia that's that's quite a big um, a big um selection of people there are, are doing that so um you know they're traveling around in their vans and then they might stop and they'll they'll do a house sit for a couple of weeks or a month mm-hmm. and then they'll go off traveling again or get to another part of, of australia so um people are sort of doing different things and there was there was somebody who who was telling me about how they're living on a canal boat and or oh, it was a barge and, and mixing that up with house sitting so There's all sorts of sort of creative ideas coming up about how you can do this in retirement or as a a way to work remotely.
2: And sort of long-term, do you plan on house-sitting forever? I mean, can you do it financially?
3: Yeah,
0: there's three parts to our lifestyle that make it um, sustainable for the long-term is is number one, having no debt. So no house means we we don't have any debt to service. Number two is house-sitting for the accommodation part of our lifestyle. And number three is you have to, for us, we, we don't have the money to be able to retire and not work. So you have to have some kind of income. And usually if you're wanting to house it full-time or long-term, that has to be something that you can create online. So for us, the magazine our, our produces our income. We don't have to earn a lot because our our expenses are so low. So it means, in, in terms of work, we don't have to work as hard as we would if we had a full time job and had a mortgage to service with that income. So
3: we sort of see ourselves as semi retired in our in our fifties, which is is quite an achievement, I think.
1: You spend a lot of time in people's most intimate spaces. From a psychological point of view, what has it taught you about people? It, it, it's
3: interesting that you say it, it's
0: people's intimate places, but for me, we, we sort of move in and we have our own bits and pieces and we get them out and spread them around and it becomes our, it becomes our place for a while. I guess there's the, the sort of the intimate part of it, just sort of looking around where we sat here, you can see photos, you can see sort of the family
3: photos and... And lots of drawers that obviously you're never going to look in people's drawers and cupboards. You know, there's, in the kitchen, obviously, they, they'll they show you where to go. But there, there's sort of little bits that are off limits, I guess, when you're... When I you're would get very else's.
2: tempted. I'm going to admit that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Do you ever get tempted to have a, have a uh, s- sneaky peek? I, I,
0: I find that, that the temptations, the more we do this, the temptations less and less yeah. because... It's all the same stuff, you know, there's there's clothes drawn and underwear drawn and, you know, bits and pieces of paperwork and has no interest.
3: I think there are different people as well. There are people that we go to where they are very sort of open and, and they'll just say, look, just, you know, make this your home, you know, use anything, rummage, Do you know, if you want to find something. And then you'll go to another house where they are a little bit more uh, reticent about you you being there, I guess. And you might even find a room that's locked. So, you know, they might lock their study, for instance, or, or something like that. And you can sort of gauge people, I think. But I, I think if you're somebody that never, uh, that doesn't like, you know, even family and friends sort of being in your home, having a nosy around your photos or things like that, you're not going to be good at having house-sitters in your home.
1: Hmm. Um. And what has this, what has living this way taught you about life and about people? I, I
0: think one of the biggest lessons, really, is, is about, for me, is about sort of the the level of debt we're, we're encouraged to take on, and and that you know we sort of sold a dream of of uh, own the property and own a couple of cars and buy all of the stuff to put in that property, and that. that you know for us we found downsizing and getting rid of all of those possessions it has been far easier than than you would think and escaping from the rat race is far easier than you would think but it does mean you have to take action you have to take some steps to make that happen
3: it's not just that you free yourself of all those possessions you make space in your mind it's like you've, you've got space to think about things.
2: Well, Ian and Vanessa, thanks so much for joining us. I know it's early there, so enjoy your breakfast. <laughs> and uh, you. if people want to find out more, where can they follow your adventure?
0: Um, I think the best place would be House Sitting Magazine, the website. Um, it's housesittingmagazine.com. There's also a Facebook group. Vanessa runs a very active Facebook group. So um, that's the place to sort of start. If, if you want to learn about house-sitting, there's some great um, blog posts on the website and then there's a lot of active, in, uh, interactive information.
3: And Instagram, we're on Instagram as um, house-sitting mag and that you'll get some nice sort of pictures. You see our pets now, you know, where we are and what we're up to.
1: Well, thank you so much. And you've definitely convinced us. I think I'm ready to set up my house-sitting profile.
2: I think that, that happens
0: a lot, doesn't it? By the end of a conversation, people are like, "Oh, I think I'm, I'm going to go and set myself up <laughs> as i <myself." laughs>
2: Thanks so much, guys. Thank Thanks you. for having us.
1: This has been Somewhere Else, a podcast by Domain. Please remember to subscribe, rate and review us on iTunes and tell your mum, send us to a friend. It's how we get the word out. We'll chat to you soon. Somewhere Else.